I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back to We Stand Together, an academic pop culture symposium. That's right. We're the pop culture professors, smart people, dumb topics. And I am Caitlin Bitsagai. And I am Lauren Brickman. We love that for us. We love that. <laughs> and, and a fun fact is we've both taught college classes, higher education. We have master's degrees, but we talk about standing. We certainly do. And you know what, folks? It's what's getting me through this final season. <laughs> It's finals. How's it going? How's finals going? Good? You no. Know, um, I will say this uh, to the young woman in my class today who she used Canva in a way that was so beautiful. Uh, you know who you are if you're listening. Um, there's always at least one student every semester that you look at and you go, I'm showing up for you today. And <laughs> I've got one because she is she is she is the epitome of a stan. And today she said PowerPoints are my love language. And I've never wow. wanted to take a child home with me more. And this is not a child. This is a full adult person in a college classroom. But I I've never wanted to mother someone as hard as I wanted to mother her today. So I actually, Caitlin, this is actually a great time to tell you. I did tell her today that I was so proud of her. I might have to have her do one of our live shows. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I endorse. So this this is as good of a time as any to tell you that I've been absolutely at carte blanche walking around the city inviting people into the show. So good. Cool. Good. You know, so 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 Stan Stans, you better put on your calendar January 26th because we're going to be live in person at Caveat here in New York City. And uh, you very well may get to meet one of my real life students if you come to the show. Could be amazing. Could be. What are you standing now? What are you standing right now, Lauren? Okay. well, to admit what I'm standing right now is to admit that 
amongst the millions of hours of television I watch each week is the ABC network drama Million Little Things. <laughs> okay, wow. I've never admitted that to you. I think you said you watched the pilot. I didn't know. I, no, I, mean, I watched it. Season what? Like three or four. I've watched every single episode since mm-hmm. it premiered. I've seen every episode. I watch it every week. And um, I am glad I'm on the journey because you know what they've done this season, Caitlin? I'm not sure. They have given me Ryan Hansen of Veronica Mars as a character on the show. And it's going great. He's a hockey player. So you're already in. Oh, you're already in. Oh, Ryan Hansen as a hockey player in Boston is everything I didn't know I always needed. <laughs> and now I'm just hoping he gets a spinoff show. <laughs> I just want to watch Ryan Hansen as a hockey player every day. That's all I want. <laughs> so I am standing Ryan Hansen joining the cast of Million Little Things on ABC. And you all can at me all you like for watching this show. <laughs> it also stars uh, David Giantoli of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being my Indiana University classmate fame. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I remember seeing him on campus, not because I knew him personally, but because he'd been on Road Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I've known who he was for a long time, and he's known who I am for no time. And thank you for reminding me that I am not the only sick person on this Zoom call. <laughs> and just if you look up for his, a- his age, by the way, I mean, by my class, I mean, we just it's four years. He's older than me. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm standing something yeah. uh, close to home. It is a fabulous book called Margot Mertz Takes It Down mm. by Carrie McCrossan and Ian McWethy. It's a young adult novel set in high school. It tackles the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. We love it. Friends of the pod. It, it, it's flying off the shelves. Get your copy while you can okay. for Christmas. Once again, Caitlin reminding us all that she reads. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I watch endless hours of television each week. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, me, TV, never. <laughs> <laughs> You're the real intellectual of the duo. I'm just spotting Road Rules cast members off of, let's remember, one viewing, because it's not like we could, you know, watch them on DVR. <laughs> oh, God bless. Well, you know what I'm, you know what I'm a stan of? Mm. Today's guest. Oh. You have an incredible guest today. Incredible I am- guest. Obsessed. I have been down a very deep rabbit hole of their bylines. I honestly, I don't want to admit to her how many of her articles I've read because it's probably all of them and I am ill. But I am absolutely obsessed with today's guest. Uh, Caitlin, are you as excited as I am? <laughs> yes. Please welcome Gabrielle Bluestone, producer on Fire, the greatest party that never happened on Netflix and author of Hype, how scammers, grifters and con artists are taking over the Internet and why we're following. Gabrielle, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. We're oh, we're so excited. so excited. Honestly, I can't believe you agreed because <laughs> we're just we're, we're too excited to talk to you about all of these talk. I mean, grifts and pop culture. My God, is there anything more exciting to talk about? I mean, honestly, no. like those are my keywords. Like you say that to me, <laughs> and I show up. <laughs> I honestly like I mean we have a whole show planned but I am uh, so tempted to just completely go off script and be like how are you living the dream like you're just living the dream you're getting you're writing about these celebrities and their grifts and it's such a beautiful thing it really I, it, it feels like a scam to myself having this job because like I wow. would do it for free otherwise you know um, I think Uh-oh. it's one of those things where you know if you're really interested um, even people that don't care about celebrities if you can bring that excitement to them like they care you know <laughs> a lot of people in my friend group um don't want to know who hilaria baldwin is <gasps> but like i'm gonna make them learn. <laughs> i wow can't believe there are people walking around this world who have not been forced to confront with what hilaria baldwin we, is we're in a group chat where we dissect almost every instagram post she's ever done <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many Oh, so many. It is rare that I get my fill on something. I think I've gotten my fill on Hilaria. (laughs) I will say my favorite, this is my own personal conspiracy theory about Hilaria Baldwin. It has nothing to do with really anything except, I guess, her yoga career. But I don't think she can do a real handstand. If you go back and look at her picture, Mm -hmm. she's always leaning on something. There is never just like a pure handstand. So I will die on this hill. Hilaria Baldwin. Expert yoga teacher cannot do a handstand. Oh, 100% you're correct. Because as a 
person who in grad school was forced to take uh, yoga more than one semester and is famously a larger bodied woman with some real issues with gravity and grace. I know all the tricks and she's using them. Oh, I recognize <laughs> some of those tricks. You guys got to take her down. Oh, game recognized game. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. same sis. I pretended I could do it too. <laughs> No, I'm with you. If you ever need uh, a character witness uh, to prove this in a court of law, please let me know. Uh, I'm ready to fight to go down swinging on this one. Um, well, it's so obvious just by just by all of the books you've read. Like, clearly we're in good hands with you. Like, clearly you were an expert. You know your shit. But, Caitlin, what are your credentials? Like, Gabrielle's are so obvious, but what are yours? I mean, here's the thing. I've worked on a lot of different prank shows. And prank shows are low stakes griffs okay. like that is how it starts it's just you don't keep them on the hook for that long mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but truly a lot of griffs and a lot of prank shows i'll say it just takes advantage of people being polite at mm -hmm, first mm -hmm. and then it's like how long it will go on like that is the thing with prank shows that drives me nuts people are always like how do people believe that it's because it's like cause someone ran up to them and just started mm. talking and they were just trying to be nice and then all of a sudden like they're covered in watermelon like it, <laughs> it <laughs> To give a very specific example that I witnessed. So it's not hard for me to understand how people become victims of these grifts because mm. it's just an extension of like a human nature thing, I think. But Lauren, what are you? How are you an expert? Well, I have seen almost every minute of Catfish, uh, both wow. the documentary and TV show. And because of that, I saved a friend who <gasps> had... I think I've maybe have alluded to this on the show before. Um, I'm, I'm always trying not to steal this person's story because it is theirs. But mm -hmm. a, a dear friend of the show um, got out of about 10 year relationship and was dipping her toes in dating and, you know, was telling me about a guy she met. And I was just like, red flag, red flag, red flag. And um, thanks to my sleuthing, we uncovered that he was a con artist and he did oh. sweetheart scams where he would date women, get their information and rack up credit card debt. Ooh. Yeah. And in one night, I uh, I was like, I'm going to prove to you that this man is lying to you. And we did. And I, I feel good about that. I feel good about wow. saving her. <laughs> That's amazing. I've also played a lawyer on TV. So I also there think you that, go. you know, which is basically <laughs> like I've been to law school and can prosecute. So there's that. Um, in many ways. Gabrielle, before we get into our first game, I do want to ask, like, how did you get started? Like, clearly you've got the credentials. You've been you've been reporting on these issues. But like, how did your fascination with like, how did you get started? Um, so actually, it's funny you mentioned this. I guess this kind of pertains to both of your interests. Um, but I, I actually was in law school. I didn't <gasps> know that journalism. I'm, I am a licensed attorney. Uh, I Woo! don't really practice. Um, but actually, Impractical Jokers is what <gasps> got me to pass the bar because I would do two hours of studying. And if I got two hours in, then I could watch one episode. And that was like the carrot that got me through like some very miserable months. But, you know, I didn't know journalism was like a, a career you could like support yourself on, like a viable mm -hmm. career in this day and age. And, and in many ways, it isn't like the media landscape is mm -hmm. very depressing. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I happened to, I was a big reader, a big fan of the website Gawker mm -hmm. and they happened to be hiring when I was in law school and I, you know, applied on a whim and they wrote me back like, you are not at all qualified for this job, but we do have this other like weekend positioning opening up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Gawker for better or worse, always kind of had a very cynical, mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. accurate, I think kind of way of looking at the world. Like, like they were not going to like stand for Elon Musk, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're always going to poke <laughs> holes in kind of what the pop culture persona of people. Um, and so it really, I, I, that was probably the right take in my opinion. Cool. Um, and so, you know, when something like Fire Festival came out mm -hmm. and everyone is on social media earnestly posting about it and freaking out about it, you know, I had kind of like the opposite reaction where I was like, this seems kind of shady. Yeah. And, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, I've said, said before, like you didn't really have to be an investigative journalist to like figure out something was really wrong with it. You just had to Google a little bit. Um, and so once it became like kind of obvious how in plain sight, a lot of this stuff is, yeah. you know, there's no turning back. It's like the matrix has, you know, has revealed <laughs> itself. <Yeah. laughs> That's incredible. Well, I feel like 
we have to put this Must. huge Must. knowledge base to the test. Are you ready to play our first game? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love the, oh, I love the energy. Okay, this first game <laughs> is called Scammed or Scammer. So I'm going to give you the name of a celebrity. And you're going to tell us if this celebrity was scammed or if they were the scammer. And Ooh. bonus points if you know what famous scandal they were part of. Okay. Let's Are you ready? It. All right. Here we go. Scammed or scammer? First one up. We're going to start easy and it starts to get a little bit harder. But the first one is Martha Stewart. Oh, you know, I think. I, I don't think she's a scammer. <gasps> she, she's an insider. She's an insider trader. Mm, but okay. Oh, okay, okay. you know, this is something I find really interesting. Um, in terms of what you know, there's like the laws, and then there's like what society allows you to get a, to get away with. Ooh. And you know, I feel like it's like that's and not to tie everything back to fire again. But I think about this with like Billy yeah. McFarland. Like he was just doing what everyone else was doing. You know, of course it was on a much more public scale, but like lying about what your company's worth, like everybody seems to be doing that. Anyway, I digress. Well, I give you the point. Martha Stewart was arrested for insider training. She deserved time. But you're right, Gabrielle. Like, uh, we're exonerating Martha Stewart right now. And the point goes to Gabrielle. (laughs) All right. (laughs) One point on the board. Next up is Robert De Niro. Oh, I think I'm stumped on this. I don't know if I know this. Ooh, okay. What's what's the story? So it turns out he got scammed. (gasps) So apparently, once upon a time, there was an art dealer by the name of Lawrence Salander. And Salander went behind De Niro's back to sell a collection of paintings that De Niro's late father had curated. And he, I guess, sold the paintings without De Niro's consent and held on to the money. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, from what I could piece together, it sounds like De Niro hired Lawrence in some capacity, and, and so Lawrence was able to get access, but he took complete advantage of Rob of Robbie D's uh, oh. trust. <laughs> Poor Bobby. Poor Bobby. You know, um, Alec Baldwin was also a victim of art fraud, mm-hmm. uh, but I believe he was sold forgeries by like a famous gallery. Wow. Oof. Is yeah. poor rich men. Losing <laughs> I don't know how, how they get through it. <laughs> Speaking of another successful man, what about Sidney Poitier? I don't know this either. Was he, was he scammed? He was. He was scammed. So this is really interesting. This was back in 1987. Uh, there was a man named Charles Agay Atkins who was convicted of um, leading Sidney Poitier, Andy Warhol, and a bunch of other rich and famous folks into a bogus tax shelter scheme. And at the time, this was the largest tax fraud case in American history. It generated more than a billion in fictitious losses. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, he seems like such a lovely man. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. he's scamming anyone. Oh, of course. I just can't believe the poor guy. When I was doing my research for this episode, I was like, his name came up so much because it was (gasps) such a, like, huge deal at the time because there just hadn't been a fraud of that magnitude prior to this one. So poor poor Sydney, just in so many articles. Good thing you didn't have Google alerts back then. Thank God. I was like, my God, poor, poor dude. So, okay, next one. Floyd Merriweather. I don't know what he did, but I got to say scammer. You are 100% correct. He was fined by the SEC in 2018 for promoting a bad event on social media. Uh, apparently, he, he claims it was that he didn't fully understand the complexity of cryptocurrency. Fair. Uh, frankly, <laughs> honestly, but. who does? <laughs> but even the crypto guys have no idea what they're talking about. Totally. But the SEC was like, my guy, you were really promoting it heavily. And a lot of people lost their shirts. So he was he was found guilty. Uh, You are correct. Wow. All right. right, We got just two more. This next one. Dane Cook. (gasps) I got to go with scammer again. I'm basing it off the vibes. but. So this one is actually kind of a bummer. He got scammed and it was by his half brother. So from the early 
to late 1990s, his brother and sister-in-law were supposed to be like his business managers, and they skimmed at least $12 million off the top of his earnings. I'm more shocked that Dane Cook had $12 million to steal. Isn't that incredible? Sadly, I think yeah. it was more. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I I get the vibes that part of his fall from grace lined up around this time. So I think it kind of like, I kind of think he was getting kicked while he was down. And I now I'm like, poor Dane. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, I had no idea. Mm. I had never known that before, that Dane Cook's half-brother stole $12 million from him. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. All right. This is the last one. Final question. Lou Pearlman, famously the manager of Backstreet oh. Boys, NSYNC, and O-Town. Scammer or scammed? Huge scammer. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> the biggest. What he, I'm sure, so you already know, clearly, what he was yeah, guilty of. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was like skimming money from them. He was like, like abusing them, I believe. Uh, it's like even emotionally and possibly physically. There's a, a very dark story around mm-hmm. all of that. Oh, yeah. I had no idea, though, ha- that his Ponzi scheme, he ended up siphoning $300 million. I mean, I put in a lot of money into Backstreet Boys CDs. So, sure. you know, <laughs> I, I paid into that directly. <laughs> like, t- the fact that it took as long as it did to catch him because they were all making so much money that $300 million right. wasn't yeah. noticeable is just my mind mm-hmm. actually Broke. Do you remember? So this is crazy. The thing that he didn't really get off the ground was mm-hmm. the girl group Innocence <gasps> oh. and that Britney Spears was originally supposed to be a part of. And then she she never really was like she, she kind of was. But then she had them on like one of those like Britney television specials when she was you know, a teen and was like, my friends, innocence that we're hanging out with. Because <laughs> they were all managed by Lou Pearlman. And it was, I don't know, thank God. I mean, I'm sure those girls had like a horrible time anyway, but it feels mm-hmm. good that he did not get a girl group up that high because that was going to be bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, the hold that man had on pop culture, like, <sighs> defined the 90s. Absolutely. He knew what we wanted. I have to say that. I mean, my God. I'll say it. My God. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, he's crazy. Well, Gabrielle, congratulations. You got seven out of seven. Absolutely <laughs> crush the game. You know your celebrities. You know your scams. Uh we're gonna we're gonna have to take a quick break because I I, I simply can't get through the rest of the episode unless Gabrielle <laughs> has a crown to wear because she's an absolute <laughs> queen of scams. So I'm going to go forage a crown uh and we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. 
a cautious single dad with a secret past, and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Wow. Uh, audience, I, I know this is a famously um, uh, audio-based medium and you can't see it, but Gabrielle looks stunning in her crown. It's it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Oh, guys. No, it's uh, <laughs> a little heavy. Heavy wears the crown. It. Yeah, no, it definitely weighs more than you. Your neck is very strong, uh, but it looks gorgeous. Take an Advil. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to take up too much time today with my thesis, but I did have something knowing that we have such a huge intellect and expert on the show tonight. I I just have to share a theory that I have because I don't know about you, Gabrielle, but we've been watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City as if it was our actual paying job where we get income and (laughs) what a truly magnificent uh captivating moment you know we have so talking about scams and grifts there's so many on salt lake city but it got me thinking because not only do we have the jen shaw of it we're barely scratching the surface with mary crosby of it and Mm -hmm. god knows why lisa barlow's calling so many lawyers but six Six lawyers. For instance, six. For instance, six. But then we also have Erica Jane going through everything she's going through with her husband. And, you know, we can't deny that Real Housewives, more than anything over the past few years, has really become the beacon, the shining star, the place of worship for (laughs) scams and grifts. And so I have a pitch and i'm so curious if you both see where i'm going with this believe in where Mm -hmm. i'm going with this but i was really inspired by all of the incredible scams we're witnessing unfold before us on television right now and there's someone who i believe should be sentenced to joining a real housewives franchise (laughs) because I believe their um, connection to a very famous scandal, there's no way for them to shake the stink of their sins other than to work it off as a real housewife and give us the entertainment value. And that's none other than Full House's Lori Loughlin. So I truly believe that she owes us as a debt of service. She has to serve her time. Now, we've already seen her daughter put in the work by joining Dancing with the Stars. And, (laughs) you know, and that's fair. The daughter should go first because it was the daughter's education. You know, (laughs) like it was the daughter we were spending money on getting into college. So, yes, send your daughter into the front lines first. But now Lori needs to work off her cultural debt. So I I just feel like I don't have much to say other than, you know, scams are integral to the Real Housewives legacy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it has become appointment television because of the scandals and scams. And so I think the only path back to being able to show your face in public, and by public I mean on Hallmark Channel, <laughs> Lori Laughlin must confess to her sins by being a Real Housewife of, you know, do we need a new one? Do we need to do Real Housewives of Malibu or wherever she lives? Or can she join an existing one, you know? Yeah, she and Felicity Hoffman. Right, me to join. I think this is brilliant, and I think okay. that they should have to do Orange County. I feel like they probably have a house down there anyway, <laughs> but it's going to work for her because, unfortunately, her husband does design surfwear. <laughs> That's so what I'm saying. Yeah. They are going to be back in the money, maybe bigger than ever. And like, this is brilliant, Lauren. And, and thank you. And we've never seen someone start at crisis. We've mm-hmm. seen them go through it. And we've seen them end there, but we've never seen start at crisis. And can you build back? That's true. Although I do have to say the archetype for this and like the origin story of Bravo is scammer. Mm-hmm. I'm still obsessed with it to this yeah. day was Mikhail Salahi like, right. sneaking into the mm-hmm. state dinner mm-hmm. with Bravo cameras in tow. It's like still the most audacious thing I've ever seen anyone do on television. And like, I watched how Philly celebrated after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. You know? <laughs> so like I've seen some things. Uh, it's still the craziest thing I've ever seen on TV. 
excellent point and it completely yeah. brought down a franchise like mm-hmm. we've never yeah. seen anything like like that was a popular season but they were like we cannot continue with this because <laughs> it breaks the law <laughs> yeah. they gotta bring her back i want her Lori laughlin <gasps> i don't know like I, an, an all-star scammer yes they're oh. all scammer <laughs> season and then get like it, i don't actually really know big brother but somehow it's like more mm-hmm. like big brother like they have a vote wow <laughs> they get they get a new scam and whoever does it best gets to stay in the house (laughs) like like email fishing week (laughs) it's absolutely wild like i i like knew because i watched you know i i keep up the house i was like i i know how many scams have happened but like there's knowing and then there's like actually looking at it in black and white print and going my god because you you bring up salt lake city and they're they're hiding behind jen shaw then they're hiding behind mary cosby but a lot of them have issues, including Whitney Rose mm-hmm. was accused of having an MLM. Like, mm-hmm. and she seems like the quirky, I'm not a scammer one. Yeah. <laughs> like they, 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 they talk about this now too, like on, um, on Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. how like they never really touched on Dorit's lawsuits or yeah. like Mauricio's lawsuits, like all of them are embroiled in it. And those are just like the legal, like the, yeah, the legal right. issues, right? Then they're all renting houses that they're pretending to live in and you know like renting clothing like none of it is real and yeah. i guess part of the fun is is picking that out and finding the cues that like oh like how does dorit have five hundred thousand louis vuitton mm-hmm. like t-shirts I mean, I mean, nothing, none of it makes any sense none of it makes any sense including the fact that you know i famously won an internship with sonia morgan at a live show and she has not yet <laughs> given me any instructions on how to start my my duties <laughs> but you are an intern never never forget never it's forget. on my it's on my cv i pat i i i was dubbed her new intern but she she never followed through so mm, makes you wonder makes wow. you wonder <laughs> and i would have thought a, a internship you win at a comedy show i would think that would lead to bigger bigger and better, and better things, things. absolutely not huh i mean she she really does seem to have like an open door policy in her home like if you show up and you are willing to like clean the bidet you can live there oh we very much got that sense <laughs> but i'm curious so i'm obsessed with this idea of Lori laughlin driving the cast is joining the cast in the world of real housewives are there any other celebrities that you think owe a cultural debt to society that could work it off on uh, on a Real Housewives franchise. It could be any of them. Oh, yeah. I want Hilaria Baldwin <laughs> on Real Housewives of New York. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you think who else? I'm on the Oof. spot now. There's there's a lot out there. I would be yeah. hate-watching Hilaria so hard. Oh, my God. I'm fascinated. I get, You can't look away. The accent work alone. I mean, that would be so funny because none of the Housewives would understand the con- the various <laughs> controversies involved with our, our friend Hillary and <laughs> it's just like they just wouldn't they, none of it would register oh my god Ramona and my dog is, is agreeing <laughs> yeah well just the idea of Ramona and Hilaria or Hillary trying to navigate anything together is what's the Alec oof. Baldwin movie or TV show you think Ramona is familiar with that's a great oh question Beetlejuice I I think she probably saw 30 Rock and like really thinks that he's like an NBC executive. <laughs> she thought she was oh watching a documentary. She was like, I love yeah. this documentary. Oh my God, I love it's it. like, be nice to him, Lauren. That's the guy. Yeah. That's guy. He's Andy's boss. She thinks <laughs> Andy reports to him. She thinks he's signing the checks. <laughs> Makes sense. Meanwhile, Luann's like, I modeled with Kim Bassinger in Italy. Uh. <laughs> oh my we God, I love that. together. Okay, well, that's incredible. Yeah, obviously, Alec and Hilaria owe us everything. Anybody else stand out to you as owing a debt to society that they can work off culturally? <laughs> Yeah, let's get Elizabeth Holmes on a show. <gasps> oh, wow. Honestly, yeah. what we've seen of her romantic history, it should be she'd be amazing. <laughs> iconic. Absolutely iconic. Well, she's like transformed now. I don't know if you guys have been following her trial at all, but she is no longer the black turtleneck, deep voice like persona. <laughs> she's like like a fitness girl who's like I think she had a baby and there's all these like you know, paparazzi coverage of her in San Francisco, like in her workout gear with her dog. Like she's like a totally different 
person, but one very well suited for the Bravo multiverse now. Oh, wow. A real housewives mm-hmm. of the Bay Area that's like Silicon Valley scammers oh, would be God. amazing. I mean, who that? Well, that's the whole thing. And, and this is something I really touched on in the book, too, is like, like Silicon Valley and like the tech world mm-hmm. is basically, you know, a, a breeding ground for scammers because that is an industry and, uh, and an area where like they don't expect you to have a product. They will just throw money at you based on like your charisma. And like, you know, that's that's what that's what scam artists have. Um, and, and so, and there's no expectation that, you know, your idea necessarily even pans out. It, it's like wild. Like you don't even have to intend to be a scammer, um, to still behave like one. So I would wow. love to see, uh, a Bay area. It would be boring, but amazing. I love the boring ones. Give, give, <laughs> give me, give, truly give me a long con of a real housewife. I don't need an exciting moment to moment. Just like make it count in the end. That's what mm-hmm. I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A slow burn. Slow, a slow burn. Wow. Well, I'm obsessed with all of this. I hope Andy's listening because uh, <laughs> all of this casting needs to be greenlit immediately. I'm obsessed. Uh, I like, I'm deeply in well thinking about how how captivating Hilaria will be and how much I'll hate myself for watching her, but how I'll tune in every single week. Oh, I think gosh. she would fit like the the hole that Kelly Ben Simone left yes, behind. Very much. Oh my Erotic. God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could totally see her jogging down the middle of oh, the street. <laughs> must. She must. Wow. Well, thank you both for uh, indulging me in this theory. Uh, but you know it's what? Beautiful. Thank you. I think, Caitlin, you have a... You've, you've put together quite a game for Gabrielle today. Yes. I, I yes, think it's time yes. to dive in. You know, this game, there's no greater grift than acting and yeah. really the <laughs> life of an actor. The job <laughs> is grifting. And sometimes you got to grift to grift. So these actors grifted their way into famous parts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you the grift and you tell me the actor. All right. Okay. All right. This Russian-born A-lister said she was 18 when she was only 14 to land her breakout role as Jackie on a beloved sitcom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's Mila Kunis. <gasps> wow. And 14 to 18 is... Not small. No. <sighs> yeah. There was obviously, she got some help with that grift mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. Uh, g- good for her. And she she looks quite, oh, I guess she does. She does look, she looks younger than I thought she was. So <laughs> I guess that explains it. Mm-hmm. But she didn't look 14. I have to say, I, it's so hard to believe. Well, she was playing the younger of the kid. So I think they let themselves believe it because it was like, she's supposed to be younger than the other kids in the show, but wild i feel i don't know some executive I, it, it, that makes free. me feel insane but, but god bless her god bless her but, you know. she booked she booked she booked all right he would go on to be aquaman but early on in his career he faked success as a swimsuit <laughs> model in hawaii to get noticed by the baywatch hawaii casting director <laughs> this is jason Momoa. yes yeah, yeah. Which, why, it's kind of weird he just wasn't a successful model, but I guess he yeah. claimed to be. Strange. Yeah, I mean, I would have fallen for that one. <laughs> you have to love the awareness of, like, I'm hot enough to be a model. I might as well just say I am. Like, yeah, and, dude, why and, not? Like, for your dream to what be on Baywatch Hawaii specifically. He's like, gotta get on that <laughs> show. Gotta get on. It's a very it. wholesome scam. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's cute. He's, he is kind of, like, hot wholesome. <laughs> yeah. You don't expect it. And then, I don't know, I watched him doing this, like, unboxing video of, like, I think, like, a Metallica set of CDs that he got gifted. And (laughs) it was one of the cutest things I've ever seen. I was like, he's so genuinely delighted that Metallica sent him this box. Like, he's one of those people that it's like, bro, do you know how famous you are? Do you know how how successful you are? Because I don't, I I honestly think it's been kept from him. And I love (laughs) that. Lisa Bonet keeps it from him, as she should. She's a gatekeeper, oh. and we love that for her. <laughs> gatekeeper girl boss. All right. This one's crazy. This one's crazy. When this Oscar-winning legend was only cast as the narrator in 2011's Oblivion, he concocted a health issue <laughs> with his throat, claiming he could not complete the narration and he would need to be on camera in a part. I mean, I have no idea who this is. It's crazy. Who is that? It's Morgan Freeman. 
Oh my god! And you Good know he does him. all those narrations, but I guess he really started to like the movie and was like, "I should be in the movie. I shouldn't just be narrating." <laughs> so he just said, "Like, oh, I I can't do that. <laughs> I got a health <laughs> issue." And it's crazy because he's Morgan Freeman. Why doesn't he just like, "I'd like to be in the film"? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got to fire his agent. But that's the spirit of a grifter. That's the spirit of a grifter. He wanted to do yeah. it this way. It's more fun this way. All right, uh, this iconic British hottie pretended to be American throughout the casting for his American breakout role in The Wire. Oh, this is uh, Dominic. What's his name? No, I love that guy, but no. The only only British man I know. Oh, it's it's Idris Elba. No way! Yeah, he pretended. His agents told him they're looking for an American to play an American, so just pretend to be American like when you talk to them and stuff. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I only recently learned he was British, so it worked. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. This last one is insane, and you will only get if you're a huge fan of this franchise, but I had to include it. All right. This actor wanted to be the next James Bond so much that he went to Sean Connery's barber, asked for his hair to be cut like Sean Connery's. Then the barber told him the name of Sean Connery's tailor. He went to the tailor, and a bespoke suit could not be made in time. However, Sean Connery had left one behind that he didn't like. So this person bought that suit and then invented an acting resume on the way to meet with the producer of James Bond. This is a movie I want to watch. This yes. is, uh, mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea who it is, but I'm fascinated. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of this actor only in passing, George Lazenby, but ah, he yeah. just became obsessed with being Bond. He was not really an actor. I think he'd done modeling mm. and just did all this crazy stalker stuff. <laughs> and it talented worked. Mr. Lazenby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, isn't it? Because it's like so spy-like to do this. It was method. He was method acting. Yes. He was outed <laughs> before they started like shooting, but they were like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, you fake it till you make it. And yes. <laughs> they've already started pre-production. <laughs> then you're exactly. in. So those are the grifts. I have to say so many of them that I researched were about whether or not an actor could ride a horse. I couldn't <laughs> choose one. But I'd say there were about <laughs> half a dozen famous instances where actors pretended they could ride a horse, but they couldn't. Mm. I'm curious, have either of you ever tried to swindle your way into a job? Have you ever tried to pull a grift in order to get hired somewhere? You know, one of my first journalism jobs when I was I was a journalism major undergrad, I went to GW mm-hmm. in DC. And, um, you know, there was a school paper that I started writing for. And I, the only thing that they were offering me were sports articles. And mm. I don't know the first thing about sports. But, you know, I got a couple like breakout things by doing like feature articles on the sailing team. So like, mm. you didn't really have to know what you were doing. But, you know, that got me a job as a news aide at the Washington Post. And I may have overemphasized my understanding of, you know, <laughs> how football works, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of my jobs was to take football box scores. And my first night at this job, a coach calls me and he's like, all right, you know, in the first quarter, we had uh, pass complete, you know, kick fail. And I am literally on Wikipedia looking up football. And I somehow got through that night and, and I still don't understand what's happening on screen, <laughs> but I can read the hell out of a box score. Hell there yeah. I love that. I love that. It's just being a good reporter. So Fake it till you make it. it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that, Griff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure I have, but I, nothing's coming to mind immediately, but I, I'm not innocent anyway. <laughs> Galen's like, I just can't go on record yeah. because I'm actually <laughs> currently grifting. <Yeah. laughs> the statute of limitations has not yet expired. No. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I feel like I have had like misunderstandings where it's like, no, I never said that, but I guess I'll let it go. <laughs> oh, I'm I am the queen of that. I do not correct people and I just nod my head. <laughs> I've taught more than one class by not correcting people about whether or not I should be allowed to teach that class. (laughs) I won't name them because, uh, anyways, uh, they have their final. (laughs) Uh, my God. Well, Caitlin, what a fun game. Thank you. Well, I think we're going to take a quick break because, um, I have to Google Idris Elba really quick just because every time his name is oh, mentioned. My. I, ju- I just need a moment. I just need a moment. Oh, I just. just, just remember his Wikipedia. Just, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's say that. Okay. I just need a personal moment and we'll be right back. Together. 
Stan stands. The time has come. We Stand Together is back live on stage with a whole new show full of games, quizzes, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City references, and so much more. That's right. Wednesday, January 26th at 9.30 p.m., we're going to be live at Caveat on Clinton Street in the Lower East Side of New York City. So go to caveat.nyc to buy tickets for the live show. Or if you're not in New York City, you can still join us by buying a ticket to the live stream. Ooh, there's going to be beer, wine, laughs. Lauren will probably try to join a thruple with Joshua Jackson and Jody Turner-Smith. Probably. I can guarantee it. So we'll catch you there on January 26th, Stan Stans. Okay, uh, I took the time that was socially acceptable, and now I am back. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, you you have something kind of painful to bring up tonight. Yeah, yeah. Someone we've yeah. talked about uh, with love in our live shows, but today, yeah, I'm gonna let you take over. I don't want I don't want right. to step on your toes. This is this, this is, is. I mean, this is really just talking about a grift that hurt, and it's Suzanne Summers. Um, <laughs> Suzanne Summers, we love, we root for step by step three's company. Uh, she was on some sort of like weird VHS I owned as a child where she was in a, a, she was in something with Mickey Mouse. I mean, that's like so foundational. We love her. We've shown at our live shows, the video of her selling makeup mm -hmm. on Facebook where a home invasion happens and she just keeps on with the video while addressing, I think very calmly, wow. the home invader. Mm -hmm. That was brilliant work. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she also fancies herself a medical expert and it's really, really gross. Mm -hmm. She has a few books. One's called Tox Sick from Toxic to Not Sick. Which, good wordplay. Uh, congrats. I do love you. But mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. here's a real problematic one for me. Knockout. Interviews with doctors who are curing cancer and how to prevent getting it in the first place. Oof. Oof. Yeah. It's kind of oh, rough. Oh, Suzanne. I first was aware of this when she was a guest on uh, RuPaul's podcast. And mm. he and uh, Michelle were interviewing her. And what are they supposed to do? But just sort of taking everything she said as fact. I was very disturbed. But like part of the treatment that she uh, suggests is 150 supplement pills a day, topped off by a couple of coffee enemas per day. And that was to treat pancreatic cancer, which was shown to be worse or useless than conventional treatment. She is trying to convince people not to do conventional treatment and... She's just not a doctor. I think it's really weird that she's in a for-profit book about how to cure or prevent cancer. And she is not a medical expert at all. Some of these, so one of the books got a five-star review and it said, if I ever get cancer, I will be taking these folks' advice and staying away from MDs. <laughs> oh, no. And what oh, I will no. do for you guys is read the one-star reviews because they're really sad. Oh, no. Because uh, it doesn't um, work. Yes. And her fan base is largely older. A lot of working-class, middle-class people. You mm -hmm. know, like, she is not someone that the elites are uh, really interested in her opinion. So it's just really predatory, I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's so disappointing to me. And I understand, like, looking outside of Western medicine. But to say, like, chemo doesn't work read my book is mm -hmm. and i'm sure she would say she's not specifically saying that but that's largely implied that's what she's saying she's not not saying it thank you thank you but then here's a crazy thing she is trying to take down qvc for predatory stuff <laughs> <laughs> we love a woman who contains multitudes and this is why she's funny to me she is accusing qvc of being a monopoly and suing them and if she brings down qvc that's hilarious and i sort of love that uh, but I find her medical stuff quite a bummer. I don't know why she needed to get into this world at all. But here's the thing. It does come from, I think it came from a place if she felt like women and older women are mistreated in the medical mm -hmm. community, which mm -hmm. we know is true. But I don't think the solution is Chrissy from Three's Company yeah. gives you your cancer treatment ideas. Mm -mm -mm. But I wish she'd become an advocate and not actually tried to cure things. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I guess the big question is, can we be a fan of someone knowing that they're grifting? Mm. I mean, yeah, the whole that's the whole debate, like separating the art from the artist. But I do have mm -hmm. to say, I mean, I mean, I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow is as egregious as this, but she does seem like kind of, you know, and we love a celebrity telling us what to do. Like, it's kind of like a yeah, weird human true. nature thing. 
It's true. And, and you know, the, the crazy thing about goop is like, it's not even really Gwyneth Paltrow saying like, right. oh, you should put jade eggs in your vagina or like, you know, like tan in the sun, nude kind of thing. Um, it's like bloggers who are working for her company or trying to come up with like outlandish things that will go viral. Um, and then people do it, which is crazy. At least these are like, you know, somewhat less harmful. I think she's also like an advocate of colonics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also reminds me of, I don't know if you guys noticed like in the last like two or three years on social media, people got really into drinking celery juice and mm-hmm. extolling the virtues of having, you know, celery juice in the morning to start your day kind of thing. Um, and the reason that that became a thing, you can kind of trace it back to this guy who wrote a book um, and, and, you know, mainstream doctors, like hey, there's no benefit to this yeah. whatsoever. Like, like it just, mm-hmm. it, if you like to taste the celery, like go for it, but there's nothing yeah, cool. you know, beneficial, even vitamin wise. Um, it comes from this guy who he calls himself the medical medium because he is a doctor oh, no. who, who uh, confers, he, he, you know, he, he meets with the no. spirit. Oh, no, and the no, spirit no, 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 no. <sighs> recommend his like cancer cures and and things like that and like his books are bestsellers and then it trickles down to like we wore what you know showing off for morning celery juice and it's wild to kind of trace it through the pipes of pop culture that way um and to see because there's so much i think you know this time of covid has like really Mm -hmm. shown the disinformation and how gullible we and you know and and i'm saying this to someone who's like triple that Mm -hmm. right but like we as a people are very susceptible to like misinformation. Yeah. No, but it makes it makes perfect sense. Like I think sometimes like we as as dumb <laughs> as celebrities can seem sometimes when they perpetuate this stuff. At the same time, like they are human. And I think a lot, like whenever this we have this conversation, I can't help but think of like Jenny McCarthy and the harm she did about vaccines. Anti-vaccine, yeah. But at the heart of that is like a scared mom. Like, she Mm -hmm. was just a mom who was scared and confused and, like, she wanted there to be something to blame for what her and her family were going through. And it's, like, on a basic human level, I I have compassion for her, but it's, Mm -hmm. like... But it, but it, but when you have a platform, it's just, it's so dangerous. It's like your grief and your fallibility is just so much more dangerous when you have that platform because... I hear students sometimes in my classroom, like, and especially in my public speaking class, when they're like doing their persuasive speeches and there's like health stuff, like I'll hear them cite stuff. And I'm like, that's fucking coming from Jenny McCarthy. Like that's the the reason you have access to that is because of Jenny McCarthy. Like that's, it's crazy. It's how far their opinion reaches and yes. how it becomes fact is like terrifying. Yes. Well, that's the thing we like, they're in, you know, it's, it, it, I think it's fully connected to the rise of social media mm-hmm. and like social mm-hmm. media going from something that you would like log on to a URL on your laptop to constantly having it on you at all times. But we're living in this post truth world mm-hmm. where I think people tend to come up with the conclusion first and mm-hmm. then look for evidence right. to support it. So if you are suspicious of the government and, you know, vaccines, like you can find information online. It may not be the most reputable but you can find other people who are agreeing with you and then you can cite that evidence kind of thing and like almost like reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that's like so concerning is, you know, now that you like, we read so much online, yeah. you know, it's like impossible to remember if you saw a piece of information in a New York times article or like a Reddit comment after a certain amount of time, it really like bleeds into itself and it's really difficult to remember like what is real and what is just like something that some random person posted i so i'm teaching this class uh right now it's called uh psychology of performance and i it we explore like different psychological theorists and then we think the whole class is supposed to be like how can you apply psychological theory to help you build better characters and also live a healthier life as an artist but I, in doing some research in preparation for this class, I found this story that, like, blows my mind and kind of ties into this. So there was, uh, I'm sure you both may have heard of this guy. There's a guy named Abraham Maslow who became, uh, he's, like, famous for what 
people have come to know as the hierarchy of needs. And there's mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. there's this pyramid, there's this image of this pyramid and it gets printed in textbooks over and over again and it gets passed along. And then I I was doing some research and I found out that pyramid was not created by Abraham. It was created <laughs> by someone else who took his theories and they were putting together like a textbook for like business management. But the reason people think he really did it is because that textbook came out while he was still alive and he never disputed it. But the huh. reason he never disputed it, I found this like, inc- this blew my mind is that in the world of psychology as like a scientist, like he never really got a tremendous amount of like peer praise in his field, Mm. but the world of business and like people management, like there was this world where his ideas were being valued and lauded. And at the end of his career, when he wasn't really finding a space in psychology, in the world of psychology and, and, and in, you know, the world of academia where he was like trying to call a name for himself in this other world, he was having success. And a lot of that success was stemming from this like easily digestible image that somebody else created with his ideas. So Mm -hmm. he never rejected them. He just sort of like went along with it. And I find that so fascinating. And I find like when I was reading about it, I couldn't help but think about all of these beloved celebrity scammers we have and how it's like it makes sense that we see a certain i I mean it's not a certain kind but there's a lot of different kinds of people but there are very clear connections between the kinds of personalities that get caught up in these scams and it's like oh you're getting that validation or you're getting that whatever and it's it's just so it's such a fundamentally human thing that can happen because it's like yeah it makes sense to me it's like why would you dispute this claim if you're paying your bills it's like every celebrity slinging like fit tea and like flat belly products like obviously these things don't work this is something my dad told me when i was like 10 years old i was like oh my god like there's a pill that will give you like rock hard abs i want it he's like gabrielle if that worked don't you think everyone would be taking it and it's like so obvious that the Mm -hmm. marketing is so seductive you know i just i mean i still take like normal vitamins and like every doctor's (laughs) like you really don't have to it doesn't like you have to eat right but i still do it because i'm like "Mm, this is this is a pill well because at the heart of that is like I mean, there are certainly uh, people we have mentioned today and plenty we haven't that, like, are nefarious. Like, I'm sorry, yes. Jen Shaw, you bad as hell. <laughs> like, like, sorry, Jen, I want to watch you every night on my TV, but you are, you, you can't play dumb with me, Jen Shaw. But I do think there is something to be said about many grifters that, like, in a weird way, there is some optimism underneath it and some romanticism mm-hmm. of, like, yeah. we all want to believe that there is an easy fix or we all want to believe mm-hmm. in the big dream. Like, that's just, like, we want to, you know? And I think that's part of the fun of scams is, like, we all get that, like, yeah, I have that desire, too. Like, I want to believe it could be that simple. <laughs> Well, it's also like a very distinctly like American dream kind of thing, like mm-hmm. that idea of faking it till you make it and upward social mobility and the idea that like if you have an idea, you can make it happen. Like yes. that is very much like something we value and celebrate as a culture until you take it, you know, a little too far over the line. Um, if the ends can justify the means, you know, people don't really seem to get in trouble. So if, if they can mm. achieve it, then then we celebrate them. Oh my God. I I cannot believe I didn't use this as my credential at the top of the show, but I recently, just within the last week, so I I went to, famously by now for our listeners, I spent Thanksgiving with Caitlin's family <laughs> in Indiana, but on my way driving back to New York, I hit a snowstorm and I spent the night with a friend in Slippery Rock and her husband, who I've only met a few times, um, had just found out that a guy he hosted a college radio show with had been in jail in 2001 for committing fraud. And they were telling me the story that they had just learned because they had recently been visiting like his hometown and like went to a record store he used to go to and got caught up. And he was like, let me look it up. I want to get more details. And we found out there was like some show on like CBS or something where they reenacted this fraud. And I cannot believe I just thought of this, but back in 2001, this guy uh, had been working as a sommelier uh, in New York. and 
over the course of a few weeks, this guy, Mark Lugo, went on a four-week spree where he was going into art galleries and hotels all over Manhattan and just taking paintings off the wall. (laughs) And the thing, the reason I just thought of this is like, in his interviews, when he talks about it, he in the in the time that he had it, he didn't s- attempt or have a plan to sell any of the art. And when he got caught, he finally did get caught when he like went to California, I think, at the end of the four weeks mm. and like stole a piece and they caught him back in here. But when he got caught and in the interviews that I saw of him, he talked about he was like, I got like high on the fact I could get away with it. He yeah. was like, he was like, I was in an art gallery. I looked around. There was no one there. There were no cameras. I'd been hanging out with, as a sommelier in New York City, he was like, I'd been hanging out with all these affluent people who seemed to live by their own rules. And he was like, I found myself in a moment where it was like, why can't I play by their rules? And he's like, and I took it and nothing happened. And then I did it again and again. And he was like, and it was just so seductive to, and I was like, you know what? Like there's something about like just like the addiction of because totally. I could you know what I yeah. mean is like yeah. fascinating. I was Absolutely. fascinated. Kind of reminds me of uh, Frank Abagnale Jr. who mm. was also kind of in it for just like the love of the game, right? Yeah. Like he was stealing money, but that was like kind of almost ancillary to can I pretend to be a pilot and get away with it? I think actually it's funny. That I read that book at a very young age, and I think that probably contributed to <laughs> the you know the profession I'm in now. Amazing. Absolutely Ugh, incredible. So much, so much to talk about. But also, I thought you were going to go in a different direction with the sommelier mm-hmm. thing. And that's something I yeah. find fascinating, too, because people like we, as, as potential marks, kind of mm-hmm. um, do a lot of the work for scammers, right? Oh, totally. So, like, if someone tells you that this is a very expensive bottle of wine, you know, people, even, even people who are trained, mm-hmm. um, often pick you know, end up thinking that the cheaper bottle is the more expensive one if it's like presented mm-hmm. yeah, in the right course. way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the amount of mental gymnastics that we do, um, it's almost like the scammers just have to put the idea out there and then we do all the work for them. Yeah. I will never forget. I, I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and an Italian restaurant opened when I was in high school. And a group of my friends, we all went. It was like kind of high. It was kind of expensive and it was kind of different than a lot of the other places. Yeah. And they we went specifically because they marketed themselves as having gelato on the menu. And that was like very <laughs> fancy and cool. And I remember my I had a friend who was like, little more cultured and like and whatever and she was like tell me can you like she asked questions right like none of the rest of us were gonna ask questions but my one friend was like asking questions and the waiter goes oh it's just bluebell ice cream (laughs) it's just bluebell french vanilla ice cream that we mark up to like eight bucks (laughs) when a gallon is a dollar 25 at the time or something like that oh amazing that he was so forthcoming yeah but it was like but it was so i remember watching my friend i was like oh my god this kid is so, this kid's never been asked any questions. Mm-hmm. This high yeah. school girl got you, the yeah. answer because th- this kid was like, I've seen it. I see what they scoop in there. Yeah, it's it's just Bluebell. But like, clearly nobody had ever asked him any questions about what was on the menu. They just were like, ooh, gelato, you know? And I was like, yeah. I don't know. That was a turning point for me. I was like, there That's are scams so everywhere. Have you guys heard about the shed at Dulwich? This no. was one of my favorite scam stories. Um, this was a former writer for Vice, and we might still write for them. Um, but they got their backyard shed rated as the number one restaurant in oh, London yes. on TripAdvisor yes. by like gaming the algorithm. This was, you know, a couple years ago, wow. and you know, they made it seem like the most exclusive and difficult reservation in town, <laughs> and people were calling begging to get into a restaurant that didn't exist and so they eventually did um you know one seating like a one night only thing where they let real people in and you know they hired their friends to work as waiters and they got you know microwave dinners and plated them in a nice way and people had a blast they thought that they were having this incredible exclusive dinner um but it's like amazing like people were trying to bribe 
their way into something that was literally this guy's backyard shed. And it just goes to show like what marketing will do. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, Gabrielle, we have to have you on for a second episode. <laughs> this is just it's too much. It's too much. Uh, just get to the shed oh. now. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully when I, when I come back, we'll know who called the FBI on Jen. Like, we have to know. We have question. to know. We'll probably have to go Instagram live with you uh, when that comes out. I have to assume it was Lisa Barlow, but that's just me. I mean, that reaction is very sus. <laughs> very funny. All right. Well, for our Stan Stans who have fallen in stand with you, Gabrielle, where can they find you and where can they find your book? Um, my book is in all major bookstores and most independents. Um, if you're lazy, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, under my name, uh, G. Bluestone. Love Amazing. it. Beautiful and, name. And Stan Stan. And Stan Stan, you know, you can find us at We Stand Social. We're on the Instagram. We're on the Twitter. We're kind of on the TikTok sometimes when we feel like it. Mm-hmm. Mostly I just scroll through videos of Harry Styles, but sometimes we post. Uh, but if you have <laughs> any ideas for themes we should dive into or guests you want to have, uh, let us know. Slide into our DMs. Also, just chat. Let us know what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, some, is- of my, some of my best friends started a Stan Stan who have yes. slid into DMs. <laughs> Let us know what how you've been scammed or how you scammed others. Ooh, yeah. Tell us about the scams you've run. I'm curious. Yes, share your scams, Stan Stans. And you know what's not a scam? Our live show coming up January 26th. Caveat. <laughs> yes. That's you can a show up. real we'll show. So definitely <laughs> uh, check out on our social media the links uh, and, and come hang out. Until then, Stan Stans. Bye. Bye. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.